Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Dead and Broken. Wait, no, no, no it's Dead and Road. Hold, hold on. Wait, Dead and Broken? Yeah, that's it. Let's go. I'm going to start off this way. This thing is not cursed. Mm, well, <laughs> remains to be seen. <laughs> As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, we scheduled a time to talk about one Alkaline Trio song. We talked about one Alkaline Trio song. One of us didn't record it, so we scheduled a new time to talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And then we rescheduled that time to talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And then we scheduled it back again, talking about that one Alkaline Trio song, which we started to talk about. And then one of us, the one who recorded it perfectly, the last time we talked about it, had a technical issue as we started to talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Dead End Row. That is exactly what it is. No, broken. Dead End Broken. Yes, all the same. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're back. We're well rehearsed. We're well prepared. And, uh, you know, we just the one thing we're going to say every single time, because we don't like to recreate the magic. We don't like false illusions is uh, fuck the police. Simple effective fuck true fuck the people who covered up a murder it is uh it's been a difficult uh week for uh the humanity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. been a a very difficult uh week uh to be from chicago and yeah i kind of have run through this uh once with you a lot Mm -hmm. of times in my head but um this is a this is a show that supports uh the abolition of prisons and the police and that's the compromise none of it we don't want none of it no reform no uh better training shot a fucking 13 year old kid who put his hands up. That's all that there is to it. Fucking horrific institution. Yeah, not only is that all there is to it, uh, the one thing I will say, again, is that I see, you know, looking at the internet, a lot of people who are willing to uh, overlook the very simple, obvious fact, um, because they make the argument, well, the kid committed a crime. He did something wrong. Um, and if your belief that someone's personhood is voided based on how recently they committed a crime, I would ask you to explore why that is. And I would ask you to explore not only that, but why, you know, have you ever driven a little too fast? Have you ever let your plates expire? Have you ever let something like that happen? Has a routine traffic stop ever been a reason for someone to die because that also happened. Um, You ever have something hanging from your mirror? Yeah. Uh, What about, you know, the 16 year old, uh, I believe um, white kid in Maryland who was shot this week playing with an airsoft gun. Are you cool with that? Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, because I think what it all points to is regardless of whatever someone had done to precipitate the cops being called, they do not. uh, Even when you comply, it doesn't matter. Everything to them is a form of resistance. And that is a bad place to be working from. Um, To Tim's point, similarly about the prison system um, going off on a little tangent, but any industry that is for profit that, that keeps people in cages probably not a good one right um so just consider that fact moving forward um if you disagree with the points we have made that is fine you can email me my email is in my twitter bio at db anthony happy to talk with you about it happy to go back and forth round and round about this if that is what you would choose to do um but if you're also someone who just needs to talk, both Tim and I are available. Uh, and if you need to vent, if you're feeling the weight of all this, we're both around. But only direct your uh, potential complaints to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I will. I will tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, but I'm here to uh, to listen to anybody who is feeling bogged down buy this um yep you know and and what a perfect song for us to be talking about this week because it's about crime (laughs) and punishment is it ever um dead and broken the fourth song on the alkaline trio split with one man army which was released 17 years ago from the day that this episode is posted just after Synergy. 420 baby. 420 blaze it. Um The Alkaline Trio split with one man army, something that we've discussed in great detail. An interesting release, a interesting moment of transition. You mm-hmm. got this man who has done nothing but hit it out of the park over and over again with lps and singles on on comps splits and this one comes out and maybe falls a little below the average which was excessively high at this time well and also i would say kind of Generally, the BYO split series in and of itself had a pretty high uh, success rate up to this point. Mm. Um, the anti-flag bouncing soul split was very good. The hot water music leather face split was very good. Um, and, you know, this was one I was very excited about because I love the Alkaline Trio. And yeah, it's it's also the one release of theirs that I think is it's very unique not i mean they did splits they did comps they did all this stuff but it's almost like half an lp from them in terms of length uh generally speaking their eps were like four songs max which generally slot into feeling like an ep Mm -hmm. and this one is longer there are six songs on this from them one is a cover but five originals one of which then gets placed onto the next record crimson also kind of a rare move they kind of tended to keep stuff where it was uh, with maybe one or two other exceptions Mm -hmm. um 
so this is kind of weird in that like you know it's about a year after good morning it has elements of that but the songs are pretty different and dead and broken is maybe the only one that i could kind of see being either on good morning or crimson Mm -hmm. uh in that it's kind of got the like donner party fatally yours vibe uh for a good chunk of it but also the chorus of this song kind of hints at what they're going to be doing a little bit on the next record. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, you see, you see elements of this song, especially the chorus, you know, in songs like fall victim Mm -hmm. or deathbed. And I think that this song works really well. I love the chorus. I love Derek's Tom. Um, It is a little, I think it's a little clunky at first, just because the way that that riff just goes into the verse is sort of funny because they can't slow it down Mm -hmm. because you're going to slow down the chorus. So it kind of just, you know, continues underneath uh musically for the verse and i don't think that that's like the slickest transition no i mean it it does feel pretty jarring um because i think it it has to this isn't like a gradual step down it's a pretty big he's really yanking the gear from third to first and it's like Mm -hmm. okay but i like it i mean i think that's the thing is i I like a lot of songs that do stuff like that, where it's like, it almost feels like they're breaking what you're supposed to do, you know, Mm -hmm. with songwriting. And, and this one very much feels that way to me. I think everything else, like, yeah, I would say basically every other song on their side of the split doesn't do that. I think they all flow pretty well. Um, Even the ones that don't, I don't really love. I think they all kind of naturally go where you're kind of expecting them to go from piece to piece to piece. And this one feels like they're trying to kind of jam stuff in to surprise you a little bit, both with that. And then which we'll get into more. I feel like the end kind of does a similar thing where it's like, ah, that's out of nowhere. Yeah, totally. Well, let's talk about that end because uh, I think that some people who, you know, maybe haven't had the liner notes in front of them might miss the guest feature that Mm -hmm. we have here from Mr. Jeff Bazzotti. Yes, the singer of Naked Ray Gun and Sorry, I had that moment of like wait, that's how that's his last name. His Correct. His name is Bazzotti. Um just like I every time I say Derek I'm worried about saying Glenn. Still, I mean, well, that makes more still, sense to me. I did that once on like episode 28 and I'm still thinking about it. Well, at least you weren't saying this was Rob Doran playing bass. Um, but yeah, so Jeff Fazzotti, singer Naked Ray Gun, famous for his woes. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because Outline True doesn't have a lot of guest vocals, really, right? There's mm. basically four instances where it's kind of quote unquote prominent. One, record proceeding, Keith Morris, just screaming no in uh we've had enough and then all the other ones are like chicago punk dudes two of which are friends uh tim from rise against brendan kelly 
and then Pizzotti. Tim and Brendan, like it always is, mm-hmm. with the Skeleton Coast, subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Yeah, your voice sounds great on that track. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because Naked Raygun is one of those bands where uh, I would say I, I love them, but I that is... I don't like love any one of their records top to bottom. I kind of love the idea of them. Yeah. I think their their great songs are fucking great. And even some of their weird songs are really great, but I think they they were always kind of poking at their audience and I think they kind of, you know, there's a reason that two of the main the original foundational members of Naked Dragon were two of the basically original members of big black like they were a weirder band but i think they've kind of been put into this like you know place of being like i don't know more anthemic pop punk yeah um which is what they are but not all of the time uh it's crazy that roland was both in big black i know reagan really incredible work you gotta give it up uh but yeah i mean it's kind of funny that on this release you have Matt making a big black reference mm-hmm. and then here's Jeff Fazzotti later. They're trying to do the naked Ray gun. woe part. Um, and this is kind of, it's a nice little nod and it definitely sticks out because it's like, well, that voice doesn't sound like anyone in the band mm-hmm. and it's just kind of there at the end to take you home um in a part that like wouldn't really feel like a woe part to me anyway because this band doesn't do that that much yeah totally um it's a it's a very like deliberate gesture yeah i think that it's kind of interesting the timing of it because that's kind of the framework for oh calcutta um which comes out less than two years later and, you know, you've got songs on there that are just straight up taking from Naked Ray Gun. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting to see, like, those elements mix. And, you know, Trio does it here, I think, in a, I think a little bit more of, like, a wink and a nod sort of way. Yeah. Um, And then with the Lawrence Arms doing El Calcutta, it is so deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a cool spot. Um, it's an interesting time capsule, I think, because Naked Raygun in 2004, arguably, um, the, the legend and the myth of Naked Raygun at that time was so huge. And within a couple of years, they're back together. Yep. It's really exciting. And like through this also like Pizzotti's doing a band called The Bomb who are like kind of often forgotten about and their 2000s, their early to mid or mid 2000s material, not the best, but their album Speed is Everything, which I think No Idea put out in like, I don't know, late 2000s, early 2010s, really good. Like a really great showcase. It's like got like a, some younger Chicago punk guys like Jeff Dean and I think the bass player from the Methadones and like basically just like we're going to. No, no. Oh, uh, he played in the arrivals. Yes. Uh, and just kind of being like, we're going to write the a new Naked Ray Gun record because they're not going to. And well, now they are going to. So there's that. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's interesting because they I think they first got back together. Ray Gun did in 06. And, you know, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, because, you know, 
I, I know your compatriot Brendan has spoken about it, but like they were really big locally when they were around. Like they're a band that would sell out the Riv and shit. Like they were really yeah. popular locally. Um, and I think, you know, I definitely only learned, like got into Naked Ray Gun because of Matt Skiba talking about like how much he loved the song Rat Patrol and hearing that and being like, that's a great song. And then buying Throb Throb and being like, what is going on with this? Like, <laughs> like half of these are songs, half of these are not. Uh, and that's kind of cool, you know? Um, and it's always fun to find bands. And I think like, through that type of means where like, I think they were doing a lot of, I, I feel like, I feel like Alkaline Tree was doing a lot of this in this period, like on good morning, you know, having Keith Morris, but also singing about like walk among us, the misfits record in that same song. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, you know, kind of dropping references. And, and I think musically maybe even trying to like nod to them like they do here. And then by Crimson that's over. <laughs> like, yeah. No, we are. I mean, unless they're nodding to the cure obliquely, but like, that's not the same. Totally. So yeah, it's, um, you know, I think going back to looking at this and looking at Crimson in a lot of ways, this release feels like a Crimson demo. Um, and, and when we talked about fine without you, we kind of touched on, the lyrics sort of just missing the gimmick. And I yeah. think I think there was a bit of speculation to like, you know, maybe this is just words that were placeholders and he forgot to like add skulls and an alarm clock yeah. to the mix. Um and I I always was like very uh thrown off by that first song. And then this one it comes with a little bit more of that, you know, classic Alkaline Trio imagery, but it always felt like something was missing from just the heart of it wasn't always there for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that makes this release feel a little more minor to me is that, like, there does feel like there's a distance there. They're kind of working at a remove where like, I think so much of the best songs on good morning are Matt and Dan being really present and like whatever they're singing about. And obviously the standout track from this release is Sadie. Mm-hmm. And that mentally is kind of more of a song on Crimson. I think it fits that album better. It makes more sense. It's more finished and fully realized in the same way that like, Nose Over Tail is a song on God Damn It. It's not a, the B-side to the Sundial 7-inch. Like, the definitive version is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think Fine Without You, this song, like, they both feel like Matt is, you know, he's he's writing about someone else or something else, it seems, um, and doing it in a way where he's not really empathizing with anyone. It's just kind of details. It's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's like the Wikipedia entry of whatever happened, you know, it's pretty like, all right, this is just what it is. And this song in particular, like, I I think it kind of loses that, like, Oh, I'm a person in this moment, or I'm hearing the song sung from a person in this moment. It's just kind of details of a murder. And that makes it, 
I don't know. It's interesting, but I think he would do that better in other areas at other times. Like this is, it's not bad. It's just kind of like, there, it doesn't feel like there's anything for me to latch on to. Certainly. And, and Sadie is a great example of him essentially talking about a murder, but giving you such a personal take on it. So much empathy for Mm -hmm. Susan Atkins in that song. Um, This one, and I had this moment of revelation when I listened to it, getting ready for this one, or I had this moment of uh, revelation getting ready to talk about it, Song came out in 2004. Looking at the details, I think that the song is about Scott and Lacey Peterson, which was a huge case at the time, sort of took over the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened in Modesto. Lacey Peterson and her unborn son, Connor, washed up from the bay in pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. You can kind of look and see the details that are in there. It seems like Matt is writing about that. It would make sense for him to write about that just because all of the gore, very befitting to his, uh, you know, personal uh, linguistical choices, Mm -hmm. his vernacular. Um, But... I think that what is keeping us from really identifying with it is the fact that if it is about that, you don't, you can't make it obviously about that in the way that you can make Sadie yes. obviously about the Manson family. That has so much history, so much myth to it. When it's happening in the moment, when it's the cover of us weekly in the national Enquirer every week, Scott and Lacey Peterson, it doesn't really work. Cause you can't do that. It's too cheesy. Well, it's too cheesy. And it's also like empathizing potentially with like a modern murderer is like a weirder thing because you know, the reason people I think are able to latch on to some of the things, the reason why, I think even like a song like Donner Party or Prevent This Tragedy or Sadie, like other examples of this is because there's some distance. There's some like you can take some artistic liberty with it without it feeling, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say he's like advocating for it by any means, but like in this song, but like it is a little more like, I don't know what side to fall on here, because as you've mentioned, like the Scott Peterson thing is like, all the evidence against him to be the murderer are pretty circumstantial. So it's not like you can firmly be like, Oh, here's this awful thing this guy did. And right from that perspective, it's also not like a a mystery of like what happened and who did this when there's kind of like the public opinion is going one way, you know, it would be like him writing a song about the OJ trial where it's like, okay, like, what are we doing, man? Like, you know, like, it's just, it's just difficult to frame this up with it being so close to it happening. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, topical songs are difficult to do. Absolutely. And what's kind of 
interesting. Um, and the reason that it like clicked for me that, oh, this is about Scott and Lacey Peterson is my, my partner and I love trash and we watched a docuseries called The Murder of Lacey Peterson that came out in 2017, which really lays out the fact that all of this evidence against Scott Peterson was very circumstantial. There was no DNA evidence there. The idea that Scott took Lacey's body out on his tiny little boat to dump her into the bay, it just doesn't work. It's a, it's physically uh, not possible because it was a tiny boat. Mm-hmm. But the case against Scott was, you know, Lacey didn't know about the boat. Well, that's not true. Uh, all of this stuff, he was having an affair, and so he was a little dodgy with the police, I think because he didn't want that affair to be exposed, which... I mean, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's really the thing. But, um, yeah, I actually would recommend that Murder of Lacey Peterson documentary. You can stream it on the streaming things. Um, Much better than you would anticipate. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, this this song, and I think even, even if it's not about that, there's still something that's missing from this song. The details as they're laid out, there's just nothing that brings us in and emotionally ties us to what's happening here. It's just like, oh, okay, all this, like, our bodies are in the bay and washing mm-hmm. up, we're broken. What, how well and it feels a little bit like a weaker version of this could be love where he's using a lot of that same imagery and like same things but that song is so much more evocative both in terms of like it, it just makes this song feel almost like a retread of a couple of di- different things he's done totally. and you know that doesn't mean it's bad it just means that like where those i think become much better songs they they feel much more fully realized this one the lyrics could be almost anything mm-hmm. and i don't think it would hurt the song an iota whereas like i wouldn't you know even at their corniest of the times i'm least into it like i wouldn't change a thing about this could be love you know what i mean because it it, it yeah. does exactly what it needs to do um and so like I think that's really what has always kept this song sitting kind of middle of the pack for me, where it's like, I don't think it musically, lyrically, vocally, anything is like top tier alkaline trio. It's also not bottom tier. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like good. Yeah. It's not a song I would ever be like, Oh, you've got to hear this um, to someone, but I could also understand how this is one someone would really like, because I think, I think, I've been thinking a lot about how like for a lot of bands, it's the record before the record. That is really the interesting one. And what I mean by that is like the release before the release that that is like the big one or the big change usually kind of leaves a lot of clues. Mm -hmm. And I could see this for someone who maybe like isn't as into Crimson or really loves Crimson. Like all this material could really hit a lot harder um, because it represents this weird moment in time. And it, it, it is like, this interesting thing where like the songs on this, that even they they kind of all have an element I don't love, 
but when they click for me, they really click for me. Like I think musically, if you had a bad time is awesome. Yeah. Lyrically, eh, a little shaky. Um, fine without you. I feel similarly about like, you know, like there's, there's all these moments where it just, it doesn't feel as coherent. And I think had they elected to only like really drill into three or four of these songs, I might feel really differently, but I feel like this was like, man, we've got like half an LP to fill. Let's fucking fill it. You know, I think, I think this was a period in time where Alkaline Shore was really into challenging themselves. And I think you see that on a lot of those releases, like when they do the hot water music split, it's like, we're going to fucking fully change that song that we cover Mm -hmm. and we're going to really go for it. And like, I think there was just an energy, like, you know, through that comp era, it's like, all right, Jake Don green beers, that's going on the, like they were just really trying to outshine everybody. Yeah. And I think they were looking at the other BYO releases and being like, Oh, other bands come with four or five songs. Let's do six. Like, let's go. You know, like, I think there was a little bit of that. And it's like, and we'll do a cover and we'll do all these words. And we'll, you know, like, yeah, I just felt like they were kind of in that era where like they were really prolific and felt like they could one up each other. And, you know, I, I don't think there's anything really bad on this release. I just think it's one that kind of just ends up just kind of being okay. Yeah, totally. And, and it's, it's interesting too, to look at the other BYO releases and (laughs) no effects and rancid just covered each other's songs that anti-flag and bouncing souls split very good each of them do a cover and then a cover of the other Mm -hmm. songs so you've got six six songs from each of those bands but two of them are covers yep um and none of them come fucking close to Leatherface and Hot Water Music. I mean, that's that's really the best one, if in my opinion. Like, I feel like they just kind of go in and barrel through, you know, some really great material, and that just kind of is what it is. Like, I think that's to me, that's the, the one that like actually succeeds top to bottom for me. Um. And like this one, like, you know, I've never been a big one man army guy, though. I love Jack's work in other bands. So that's kind of Mm -hmm. funny. Um, But like, yeah, it's just like it doesn't feel like I think that's the thing is like with the anti-flag, you know, and souls one or no effects answered or whatever. It feels like there's this real unity between the two bands of like, all right, we're going to do these covers or we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And this one just feels like this could have been a split with any band, you know, not to, not to disparage one man army, but like the fact they chose the damned is kind of telling where it's just like, yeah, we're just going to do our thing. You know, we're going to do what we want to do. And Mm -hmm. it just makes me wonder if this would have been better served in a different format. Maybe it was like, you know, they did a series of seven inches throughout the year and dropped these, you know, six songs that way. I I might like it better that way. I don't know. Um, It might've been a more fun way to follow along and lead into Crimson, but you know, ultimately I'm glad it exists. I'm glad these songs exist. Even if I, with the exception of Sadie, don't really reach for them very much. What do you rate it? Give it a three. I'm going to give it a 2.5. It's, it's so middle of the road for me. I, I, I don't dislike anything on here. You know, I like the chorus, but I also don't love it. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm going with the two point five, which is a little bit well, it's it's heavier handed than I was the first time we did this episode of our podcast True. as you were a podcast about Alkali Trio. But I think that's the thing. It's like a two point five. I, you know, most shit is that mm-hmm. statistically. Um, there's a reason it's called the average. And I think this one is that I, I juiced it a little just because there are moments where like it hits and I really like it and I'm having a nice time. There's never been a time where I'm like, this sucks. Turn it off, you know? And it's one where uh, unlike a song, like we just talked about pale blue ribbon, which is two minutes and feels like it takes fucking forever. This one's pretty short. And I, it, feels complete it feels like enough's happening and for that reason alone i'll give it give it a little more juice as you were a podcast about alkaline trio every week we talk about one alkaline trio song this week we talked about it twice Mm -hmm. david like to publicly thank you for being such a kind patient and understanding co-host with me uh this week I and don't. and uh, be you where we started again, and then my garage band decided to stop recognizing my microphone. Honestly, total godsend uh, on on my behalf. Something that could finally uh, just 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 stack it just a tiny bit towards my direction in an already leaning tower of patience pizza? and pizza. Mm-hmm. We do this podcast every week because we like spending time with each other so much, so much that we do it more than we have to sometimes. Um, Just is. Tell a friend about the show. We will be back next week. Subscribe to it on your podcast player of choice. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were, where we talk about other stuff in longer form had a very nice conversation about the return to form records that actually make you say, Hey, all right, this is a return to form that I am for. It's rare. It is rare, but we found a lot of stuff to talk about. We did a great job. We also have polls every couple of weeks give you all a chance to vote on the songs that we talk about each week that's patreon.com slash as you were you want to help us out support the show either way we'll be back next week and we look forward to it we will see you then thank you friends (laughs) 